You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score Nordios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. This lead-in's too long, entirely too long. We were with a stick and a pair of we're gonna, we're gonna be in the arena. Score North is gonna be in the arena tonight, all uh, enjoying a beverage or two and a suite, putting the Wild to bed officially. Rami's second National Hockey League game, is that correct? Second ever National Hockey League game, yes, sir. First one did not convert him. Blackhawks, Red Wings, and it didn't convert. Friend of you. mine was trying to make me a hockey fan, and he was like, "I know what I'll do." I'm going to take you to a Blackhawks-Red Wings game. It's the biggest rivalry in sports. It's the United Center. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be fun. The game is different in person than you see on TV. And I'm telling you, Rami, you're going to like it. It didn't sway me. Was it a bad game or was it just... I honestly couldn't... I can't remember any details of the game. I just... It's just not... It's never... It's just never been my sport. Now... I do want to learn about the sport because I feel like if, if, if you're going to become a fan of the sport, the first step is actually gaining some knowledge of it and how it's played, yeah. rules, strategy, etc. He did none of that to try and gain my interest. He was just like, I'll take him to a game. That'll be fun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that I think it's a little too late this year to try and get into it. Oh, but yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I can, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, from being here, absorb yeah, some things from Judd and some of the other. Yeah, hockey, good, hockey people. Gonna guess Wild here. Bruins is not gonna be your entry no, point. No, is that not gonna lo- do it? Is this not gonna do it today? No. Uh, I'm just forward to the food and the sweet. I hear that's uh, <laughs> something, something to be excited about. You could have stopped that sentence after the food, <laughs> right? For you, <laughs> to which he will go, go home then and try and yeah. recreate the best actually, dishes for Rami's recipes. And actually, on scorenorth.com, you can just click on uh, the Mackie and Judd page oh, in the show's dropdown. Are we live? Rami's first episode of Rami's Recipes, awesome. he recreated the barbecue beef bowl from Target Field in his kitchen. It's amazing. And I, when you, okay, so when you click on it, I know it's going to look like a lot of ingredients and like it might be difficult. It's literally, for the most part, just throwing a bunch of stuff in the crock pot and letting it cook all day. That's, that's, that's the majority of the work that you're going to do for this thing. So please. Give it a try. Don't be intimidated by the list of ingredients. It's real easy. Give it a try and uh, let me know what you think. And let us know if it can be any better, like the production, the 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 way that the, the, the recipe is put out there. Let us know. Tweet at Score North, at Rami is tweeting. I really want to refine this thing and get it right. So to segue, Judd, is Bruce Boudreaux cooked? Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, man. In fact, in fact, you can... Find my opinion about that right now at a column I just posted a few hours ago at scorenorth.com. He walks out of the studio. So much content. (laughs) In which I ask that very question and then answer it by saying, despite the fact that I am the guy in this town who calls for coaches' heads on a continual basis, Bruce Boudreaux deserves another year, at least. And I think he's going to get it. Uh, He'll be going into the fourth year of his four-year contract next season. And... 
what we didn't realize until it was reported about two weeks ago was that he got a four-year coaching contract, but he got two extra years as an advisor stuck on that thing. So it's a six-year contract. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, like owner Leopold has told GM Paul Fenton, Bruce is coming back, which he deserves to come back. As dysfunctional as this team has been, and as much as this team needed to make changes that they could make, Boudreaux's not the problem. This is also only the second time. I think these are division. Let me see here. Yeah, these are division. Give me credit too. I I just defended a coach on this show. But you should. That might like, be a first. You should. I I could listen to. Hey, he's just not connecting with the bunch of players that, that, that they brought him in to coach players that aren't really here as much anymore. I mean, it's you know, there's only like three or four of them who are the core ones that are truly gone. But but I, I could listen to an argument that, hey, he was brought in to coach these guys in this scenario three years ago, and now we're kind of going in this direction. So I, I'm more open to it now than I would have been a year ago. Yep. Uh, this is, but I, just look at this guy's track record. So he's been 13 years now, technically 12, because he split one of those between Anaheim and Washington. He just, like, middle of the season, just jumped to a new team he after got getting fired. fired. Right. Right. Yes. Just funny how that works. Imagine the NFL, if you fire a coach in, like, week six, and, like, another team goes, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, we'll take Mike him. McCarthy's available. This is great. Mid-season. So in those 12 years, this is only the second time he's finished outside of top three in a division. Yep. He almost always wins the division. Uh, he hasn't with the Wild, but he does have two 100-point seasons. This year was more of a disaster. Things that I think go beyond what a hockey coach can control. I just don't... I, I hate the fact that in the NHL, it's just two, three, or four years, and you're done. Mm-hmm. Except yeah, in like three life. or four different circumstances, yeah. and I, and and you call it a shelf life, and sometimes I just think it's impatience or almost owners and GMs throwing their hands up, like, well, I guess we got to do something, and so we can't get rid of the roster, well, so let's get rid of the coach. That's sort of the trend in sports, though, isn't it? More in hockey, but it is also across all sports. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's more true now now than ever, probably in baseball as well and basketball, perhaps. The difference here is is this. Chuck Fletcher got fired not because he, he hired the wrong coach this time. He got fired because he couldn't bring himself to part with these players, which is why Fenton is here. So that this is the odd uh, situation that the Wild is in now, where you actually have a proactive GM who needs to change up the players, not the coach. Boudreaux's not the problem. Yo was... It was maddening because he'd get he'd melt down and get upset and and eventually you base you came to the conclusion that Mike Yo and this group of players was not going to to work and they then hired a veteran coach in Boudreaux who was supposed to come in and write the ship and regular season wise guess what he did now the last two years before this they went out in the first round of the playoffs and I guess I get that that's frustrating to people. But if you look at this objectively and in a fair way, this GM was not brought in to fire a coach. He was brought in to essentially trade and fire players. And that's this mm-hmm. system now. It's rare, but this is definitely a deal where where Fenton's charge is to come in and trade the guys that he can trade. Boudreaux does I saw this guy this year and and this is hard. But what Boudreaux has done is he's yelled and screamed. He's hugged guys, tough love at times. He has pulled every possible string a coach can pull. And guess what? He's done a damn good job. And guess what? If you didn't have a coach who's as good as, as Bruce has been, they're eliminated from the playoffs probably two yeah. weeks back. So what? Do so you, let's be fair there. How do you look at the roster construction now 
So Zach Parisi is going to be 35 years old next year. I think yeah. Ryan Suter is the same, same age. age curve, right? Yeah. But he did come back. He played 74 games. He wound up with, with uh, a little barrage at the end there with 28 goals, mm-hmm. 61 points. It's actually the most points he's... It's the second most points he's had in a season in his wild career. And you got to go back to age 30 season in 2014-15. He had one more point. 62 points. So you could make a statistical case that this was one of his two or three best seasons as a wild player, and right? It, it's legit. He had a really good year, I thought. And so, yes. Are we, I, I was definitely uh, hovering over the edge saying, I, man, like this dude, injuries caught up. He can't play a full season. He's not producing as much. Like, can you play that style for 10 years and continue? And it looks like the answer is, okay, he's made it through the woods. What is he for the next five years or at least the next two or three years? Correct. Even, right? Correct. And I, I think he's he came back and played really well. I guess the question is, is this, and here's the one thing that I don't get, and this is not Boudreaux's fault, but the thing that really astounds me and the thing that left me confused and confounded was the decision to to not only not trade Eric Stahl, who I believe it turns out it was reported that Boston offered a first-round pick, which I would have jumped at, by the way. Yeah. But they gave him a two-year extension. I don't get that one. At some point in time here, you've got to go young, and it's like they're trying to, but right now you've got Parisi with a ton of contract left, Suter with a ton of contract left, Koivu with a year left. Over to Niederreiter. And then Stahl. Back to Spurgeon. And then Stahl. Over to Stahl. He's gone! Sorry. But, I mean, what are you going to do? At some point in time, I don't get that. So, So there are things that confuse me here and frustrate me. But Parisi, to his credit, came back from a back problem and played really, really well. Now, the issue with Zach, and this is going to be true until the day he's done here, is he is hockey's Jimmy Butler. Not as far as being a pain in the ass. He's not that necessarily. But he plays so damn hard that he's always going to be hurt. Like there's, I can't foresee now at his age another season where he doesn't miss time. Can I ask a totally different hockey question here? Sure. Just to go back to the beginning of the segment here, as a guy who, like, you, you've you gone through 30 years as a sports fan or more in your mm-hmm. life, Rami, and hockey's never struck you right. as compelling enough to, to be fully bought into. Is there anything either the Wild or the NHL in general could do to hook a guy who hasn't really just, you know, it's just never been something that you've connected with? I don't, I mean, it's it's not been on my radar, so I don't know what they're doing to market the sport, because for me, it's not really about the marketing. I don't, I don't think you can be a fan of a sport or really be interested in a sport unless you know something about it. Like I was saying before, the rules, the strategy, the the players, etc. I have, I have debates with friends who are like, baseball's boring, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's boring because you don't know what's going on. Same thing with me and hockey. Hockey is kind of boring, but I know it's boring. Because I don't know what's going on. That's more on me than it is on the sport of hockey. So if there, I mean, I don't know. You're you're not going to give classes to teach people hockey. You know what I mean? But for me personally, I think it's just a matter of learning the sport. If there's any chance that I'm going to like it, get into it, become a fan of it, it's just going to be a matter of of learning the game and and how it's played. That's all it is for me. Personally. Would you? Would you? When we go to this game tonight, will you sit there for all three periods right next to Judd? 
and have him explain everything that's happening that. for two and a half Judd hours. Judd doesn't want that. No, not, for, do not for two and a half but hours. But I'll teach you classes. Let's see here. Hold on a second. I gotta get my calculator out. I will happily teach you classes going rate fifteen dollars an hour times two to, uh, 30 bucks. But if I an hour. if I don't if I'm not constantly stuffing food into my face tonight, I might turn to Judd at some point and go, What just happened there? What was, what that? was that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Was that a knuckle puck? Come Chances on. are I'll have a mouthful of food. Danny's there. gonna be worse. First hockey game, first pro game, and he's just—he's so excited to, to hear the goal horn. Danny's whole thing was like, "I can't wait for the goal horn," and he was serious. I said, "You're 12 years old." He's like, "I really want to hear the goal horn." You're just figuring this out now about Danny. No, I knew that before, but it was well, re—it was—it was re-emphasized when he <laughs> talked about the excitement, and I said, "About what? About the goal horn?" I think the goal horn should be applied to to lots of things. In life, Danny said. <laughs> every time someone tells a great joke, right? Hello. <laughs> a terrible pun. Everything has the goal horn behind it. Anyway, don't fire Bruce. That's my that's my advice, and I don't think they're going to. This is momentous. That Judd doesn't want somebody fired. By the way, it is. Let this us is, mark this, this down. Is a celebration. Let us let us take. Yeah, because Patino, I Patino, I'm not a defender. I just need to know if you're going to replace Patino, who do you got? Because like if you're like, well, we got a we got a hot young guy. I'm like, no, okay, no. Yeah. But in Boudreaux's case, I am pro Bruce. I want him retained. He sure. he did nothing that deserves to get himself fired. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you have that you have taken the stance, but he's probably going to get fired anyways at some point, like middle of the season or something. Yeah, and that could just, be true. Anytime a GM wants his own guy, that's uh, that's what happens. He's he's just he's fun. Like it's fun when he gets mad. He's just he's well because he, he gets super he red, which is not open. healthy, by the way. No, he and Zim. Yeah, they're both and yeah. Tibbs before those three worried me. Yep. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Myron on hoops with Myron Metcalf. I can tell you about a player as a rookie. Thought he was the toughest guy in the room. The resident tough guy said, "You haven't proven anything." And that locker room cleared out, and man to man, they went at it. And that this rookie got his tail whooped. Now those two are inseparable. I think Jimmy was trying to bring some of that out of Carl Towns to convince Andrew Wiggins, like, dude, you got to do something to respond with all these people saying you're soft and don't deserve that money. You proved those people wrong. Myron on hoops. Hoops, score North and on scorenorth.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I'm Rami Makloff. Judd Zolget, Phil Mackie alongside. It's almost uh, it's almost NFL draft time, boys. It's almost that time, and this is a time of year when you start hearing terms that you only hear around NFL draft time. And the good folks over at ESPN have put together wow. an NFL draft glossary. Wow. For so that you're all you're all you know you're all educated come so NFL draft time. Is this hear, like scouting vernacular? No, or? this is like the stuff you're going to hear on the various. How, I don't know how many draft shows are now televised: ESPN, ABC, Fox, NFL, NFL Network. Network. These are terms that you're going to hear from 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 those guys when you're watching NFL draft coverage that night, or if you're listening and watching to us here on Score North yeah. on NFL Draft Night. So they they broke it down into three categories. You have the basics terms we probably all know, obscenity based, and then the secret menu terms that may not be as prevalent wow. or as well known as uh, some of the others. So in the basics, you have alligator arms. We're all familiar with alligator arms, right? And I love the, they actually give definitions like, like a glossary would for each, for each term. Like for alligator arms, first they put the pronunciation in phonetical form, and then they say from the American alligator, 
which has an average size of 13 feet, 790 pounds. Because of these short legs, these reptiles' bodies barely move off the ground. In the NFL, the term refers to a spectrum or a specimen who won't extend his arms for a catch for fear of injury. The less so, common but still funny synonym, T-Rex arms. Yes, T-Rex. Also used. Judd, who are some of the more prominent Vikings alligator arms receivers that you can recall? Uh, Troy, right? Troy Williams. Troy for sure. Yeah. Um, Devin Aroma should do. You wow. remember him? That's Devin Aroma should That's a former bear. That former bear. Name. He might have been yeah. been one. But uh, of, of course, Troy takes the cake on all things Vikings, drop passes, and problems. There is bend and burst. The bend is what a pass rusher does when turning the corner on an offensive lineman. The burst is the speed to close the deal. It combines a rusher's flexibility and leverage with mm. speed. It's also uh, what Rami did after uh, downing the barbecue <laughs> beef bowl that he made last week for Rami's, Rami's recipes. recipes. <laughs> Scorenorth.com. Just checking the uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami tab. Uh, the body catcher. Uh, Holden Caulfield heard a song if a body catch a body so maybe that's where draft analysts got this term for a receiver who pins the ball against his body instead of catching with his hands then again Holden got the song wrong uh, antonym hands catcher you have huh. uh, bubble wait so hold on on the, on the body catcher thing that's just like you're supposed to catch a football with your hands front, right? Right? Yeah. Chris Carter style yeah, yeah. so if you let it, if it hits your chest you're a body catcher it bounces right. off of your chest, are there then. any great body catchers out there or is it just a thing that you? It's just an amateur thing that you. It's frowned upon. Yeah, I think. If I don't you, think you're supposed to. You're do probably it. not a good receiver if you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. You're probably having balls go right <laughs> off your chest into the ground. Have you guys heard of the term bubble? Like bubble butt? Yes. Oh yeah. It is the rear That's derriere the can rump yeah. etc. <laughs> yeah. Likely shortened from the bubble butt or its derivatives, especially for big guys who move with power. Yep. Do you want like what positions do you want a bubble or is it? I don't think you want a bubble butt ever. Do you? Well, if you're, if you're a defensive tackle, I, I, th- I think there there is another term for what you guys are going after right now. We'll get to that a little bit later. If you guys want it, so I'm going to start flying through them. If you guys want the definitions of any of these, if, <laughs> okay. If you don't know what they are, or if you just want to guess what they are, okay. you you let me right. know. All right. Football. Catch tackler. Okay, I need that. Okay, a defender whose tackling strategy is to let a ball carrier run into him and hope he falls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's common now. Wait, that feels so, like, like it's very like common. You wrap him up, and yeah, then like you, you both just fall. You receive fall to the him, yeah. You receive him, wrap him up, and you both fall to the ground. <laughs> that's a, it's a safer way of tackling than like the Andrew Sandejo torpedo Probably, method, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, click and close. You guys know click and close. Are you familiar with click and close? Click and close sounds like a convenience store. Uh, the ability to go backward then forward quickly, an essential skill for defensive backs spending their professional careers doing this cha cha in cleats. Okay. This is maybe my favorite in the article. Cow on ice. I need this one. Picture a cow. Now put that cow on ice and make it move. Hilarious. It's a player with no balance who spends a lot of time flailing and getting up. (laughs) What? Do they give examples of players who do this? No, they don't. Downhill runner. We all know what a downhill runner is, right? I'm going to guess if you're a cow on ice, you don't get to the NFL? Probably not. Okay. I'm guessing no. Uh, Fluid hips. Oh, yeah, yeah that's okay. very common. Uh-huh. See, also, oily hips or tight hips is the antonym. Uh, oily hips. Glass yeah. eater. That doesn't sound like a good idea. You guys ever heard? You've heard of glass eater, right? It's just a, a bad dude. A mean, nasty guy oh, just, is a glass okay. eater, right? Choose glass. He okay. also ple- plays with a mean streak. So you want that guy. Go home gear. 
What's that? That's the fastest possible speed. The ball carrier whose speed immediately separates him once he has the ball. See also extra gear. See also Deion Sanders. Okay, so it's like you either have go-home gear or you don't. Right, right? exactly. Hands catcher, that's the opposite of body catcher. Heavy hands, also see violent hands. That's a term that you see a lot. (laughs) Violent hands might be a term that the NFL should get rid of, actually. (laughs) Yeah, they maybe want to think about that. Um, Jag. This is uh, this is uh, what do they call those where each letter means something? Yep. Um, acronym. Acronym. That's the word I was looking for. In a word searching for exceptional people, this ain't you. Only a handful of people of prospects or a handful of prospects in any NFL draft will be among football's one percenters. You might be nice, a pillar of the community, maybe even a contributor to an NFL team, but when measured against draft elites, you have been deemed just a guy. Oh, okay. oh I like this. Yeah, yeah. Jag. Oh. Oh, Jag, that's good. Just a guy. The the first person I ever heard say that was Tom Pelissero when he when he still worked for us in I don't know 2012 or 13, and he did a ton of diligence talking to scouts and front office people. So we were we did a for a year we did the six o'clock hour together. So I would do Roycey and Mackie, and then Tom and I would do six o'clock to seven o'clock for a year. It was super fun, and he would start like he started throwing some of these out the more and more he talked to scouts and front office people and. And we got talking about a Vikings linebacker or something. I can't remember. One of those random linebackers they had in 2012. And he said, yeah, from what I hear, he's just a guy. And I was like, just a guy? Like, What, <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? Just a, like, just, just a guy? Okay. There's I like that, though. Violent hands. Not just normal hands, but just like it sounds, it's a player whose hands are powerful enough to move people where he wants with the initial impact. He also, good punch and active hands. Oh, good so punch. So yeah. we like violent hands. Yes, violent, so hands, violent, is, violent hands. hands is good. And right. you, you, you need that if you're an offensive lineman. You want that good punch, or is this more of a defensive thing? I think it's for both sides of the line. If you're, if you're playing in the trenches, you want to have heavy, violent hands yes, and yeah. have good punch. And, yes. and mm-hmm. be a glass eater as yeah. well. Oh, man. If you, if you have violent hands yes. and are a glass eater, you are an SOB. And not a, and not a cow on ice. No. If you have all those things, Although cow you're on no ice jag. Could be a band name. <laughs> cow on ice could qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, the act you've all been waiting for. Put your hands together for cow on ice. <laughs> Feels like a, what kind of what kind of music would Cow on Ice play? Is Cow on Ice like a? I feel like it would be the Benny Hill music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the Benny Hill song. I mean, but think think about on the the glass eater thing. Yeah, think about how much advantage you would have in the mental battle in the trenches. If you against, actually ate glass. If you smile at your opponent and blood just flows out of your mouth because you've been chewing you glass. you got shards yeah. of glass just in your mouth. Like you're not going to mess with that guy. And your gums are bleeding and your tongue is bleeding. <laughs> waist bender. Glass eater. You guys know what waist bender is? That's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. right? Is Someone it a good or a bad thing? It's a bad thing because you want you want your, your strength, your leverage to come from your legs. Yeah. So these are guys oh, who bend okay. at the waist when trying to get low against their opponent. Here are the obscenity-based phrases. I'll clean it up for the FCC. Holy bleep tackler. Like the many famous cases before the Supreme Court defining subjective obscenity by visual evidence. You know it when you see it, they describe it Lawrence as. Lawrence Taylor. Yes. Um... L-I-A. He says, you know the bubble? This is the opposite. Often this refers to a thin-waisted lineman who needs more lower body strength. This is what I was referring to earlier when you were asking if you want the bubble. This is light in the... Okay. Yeah. In the... Yeah. Derriere. Right. Okay. He says, see also needs some sand in his pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Is this what I happens? Like, if you're sitting, if you're at the NFL Combine and you're sitting, and people in a have row these conversations and they're just yeah. speaking this language. Everybody's the using. Do they terms. go out to eat and like talk in this code? And here is the uh, the secret menu phrases. These are the ones that aren't so common. Couldn't even use a crosswalk. When you're watching a game and there's that defender pacing around, that's it. This describes a defender who repeatedly, as in all the time, has trouble getting lined up before the play. Okay. Couldn't even use a crosswalk. Thinks he's a soloist but can't sing. The misplaced confidence guy, he is a star and a leader in his mind oh, only. the Vikings. Fred Smoot <laughs> would be in that category for the Vikings. There might be a few current ones, too. Yeah. What was the Fred Smoot saying? That 75% of the earth is covered by water and the other 25% is covered, covered by, by Smoot. Smoot. Yeah, the yeah. Fred Smoot saying by Fred Smoot, of course it was. Yeah. Trash can full of dirt. Um, out of use in some dialects, this refers to usually defensive linemen who are hard to move out of the way. And then there is washcloth tackler. Visualize throwing a wet washcloth against something only to watch it stick briefly and then fall off. This is the guy who ends up sliding off the runners on all big plays. Yeah, that's a lot of like I Mike like Tice one. Vikings defenses in the mid 2000s had washcloth tackles. You know what I was surprised wasn't on this list though? Twitchy. That's one of my favorite draft terms. And I don't know how that doesn't get in the glossary. Twitchy. Is Twitchy good? It's, Twitchy's quick good. Twitch. Yeah, you want it because that just means like, yeah, it just means quick and thanks, thanks Brad speedy in, in small spaces. <laughs> That's the old <laughs> Brad Childress had the, he described stuff just like this. His whole press conference was, uh, uh, also, uh, Tahi, we just uh, sent him a, uh, <laughs> Oh, low floor God. or low floor high ceiling? How is that not in the in the draft term glossary? So low low floor high ceiling is like Cordero Patterson, right? right. Where yeah. it could be the best wide receiver of all time. Also, could but be could terrible. Just, yeah, right. just be a, a yeah. clown, right? Cowan Ice wins. I love draft terms like that, though. That's I an love. amazing list, right? It's there. a great list, yeah. and it's a good segue. I want a mock. Got some cows for us? I want to mock. Gentlemen, mock season continues here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We go back to NFL.com for the second time this week, and I think this might actually be a two-round mock. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with round one for now. This is an analytics-based mock draft, okay? Really? So this is uh, the, the first official mock draft from analytics expert Cynthia, Fr- is it Freeland from NFL Network? Yeah, And she's an analytics expert. So uh, she's not attempting to predict what teams will actually do. This is based on her draft prospect model, ranking the teams uh, based on, or the players based on analytics and the teams filling needs as they choose, okay? Mm -hmm. So just to fly through this, she has uh, Quentin Williams' defensive tackle to the Arizona Cardinals, number one. DeAndre Baker, cornerback to the San Francisco 49ers, number two. She doesn't have a quarterback going in the draft. I'm scrolling down here until Kyler Murray at 13 to the Miami Dolphins based on analytics. Where does here. the Buckeyes kid go? So is this is she saying this is how it should go based on analytics? I think she's saying okay. here's how I rank players based on analytics and then here's what teams need. I don't think okay. she's wrong. But but teams are so desperate for the Murray, quarterbacks. The Murray thing, I think she's probably dead on correct. She has two first-round quarterbacks, Murray at 13, and then Dwayne Haskins, yeah. 32 to the Patriots, See, which that's, is very interesting. That's probably not wrong. And to the Minnesota Vikings, the analytics-based mock draft has 
Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle. I want a mock. Mississippi mock. State. I hate this draft. <laughs> I want I'm out. I'm out in the analytics. Uh, she said, we do not have a, f- a firm timeline on Simmons' return from a torn ACL oh, he God. suffered this, fe- wow. this February. Wow. So the Vikings Bad are going to draft right a defensive there. player who's not playing this season. Wait, he tore his ACL in February. At what? His The combine? I don't Let me keep reading here. However, it's certainly possible he'll recover <laughs> in time to play during his rookie season. Yes, my model really focuses on wins this season, which means it's a little confusing as to how we got here with the Vikings. Here's how. With Sheldon Richardson having signed in Cleveland, the need for Vikings at this position increases thanks to the presence of an already great defense. The possibility of getting Simmons even for six games pushes them into playoff possible win total range. Sorry if that happens. If they draft a defensive tackle that might miss the whole season with a torn ACL, Vikings fans will riot, and it will be ridiculous. He tore his ACL when going over positional drills in February. <sighs> okay, I'm that do- seems like okay. Let's but let's say he's a ACL aside. He's a first round grade. Yeah, I would think that that's a guy you can probably steal in the second round. I don't think a lot of teams are taking a shot on a, on a defensive tackle with a torn ACL in the first round, would they? Speaking of the second round, I want a mock. Oh, no. mock. oh boy. Same one. I want you mock. mock. Wow. There is a round two tab here on the analytics mock draft, and the Minnesota Vikings with pick number 50 select <laughs> Amani Oruwa Riare from Penn State. He plays cornerback. I want a mock. mock. <laughs> Zipper loves analytics right now. <laughs> I want you mock. mock. Mike Zimmer is you, all in on analytics. Can you imagine? It would not be shocking at all if they went defense-defense in the first two rounds based on previous history and just everything, right? But if that happens, people are going to be so mad. If they go defensive tackle cornerback, people are going to be so mad in this town. Except for so the fact happens. that Rami's right in, in... Can you imagine if you took a defensive tackle who tore his ACL in February the first round? <laughs> We might as well just open up vent line after that. Yeah. That happens. Oh, the, exactly. The second, yeah, you're right. Man. Uh, let's wrap with Royce when we come back here to the TCL Studios. And TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. They're also offering a great, great opportunity on Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, in just a couple of nights, to join TCL and Score North for the grand opening of the TCL Esports Lounge at Top Golf. A night full of basketball, games, and golf, all benefiting the Ronald McDonald House. Your ticket gives you exclusive access to the TCL Esports Lounge, drinks, complimentary open golf, video game play, and more. You can also hang out with Josh Akogi, John Randall's going to be there, Corey Koski's going to show up, silent auction items and autographed uh, Wolves memorabilia, Top Golf Party, 65-inch TCL TV, and more. It's this Saturday night. Tickets available. They're limited, but they're available at tclusa.com slash madparty or scorenorth.com. Keyword TCL. Uh, again, limited tickets available. This is your chance to play for a cause, all benefiting the Ronald McDonald House charities. TCLUSA.com slash madparty or scorenorth.com. Keyword TCL. Coming up uh, momentarily, we'll wrap with Royce and get Patrick Royce on the phone. If uh, you didn't hear earlier, the first Rami's recipe is up at scorenorth.com. Just pull down the uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami tab. And you'll see uh, the barbecue beef bowl inspired by Soul Bowl at Target Field right up there. Super easy recipe. For the most part, it consists of throwing the majority of the ingredients into a crock pot 
and uh, letting it do the work for you. Yeah. And it is delicious. Yeah. All right, we got it. We got Let's it. Get, bring in Patrick Royce here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. How are you this evening, Pat? <laughs> I am just fine. Did you happen? Downtown to, I was downtown today and uh, he ran into all the roadblocks down by uh, the, uh, the uh, stadium. But, uh, you know, I, I timed my uh, trip over to get the credentials for 3.30 in the afternoon, so it wasn't too busy. Pat, so okay. I remember when the Final Four at the Metrodome was a nice little event where you could get close to the stadium, maybe take a picture. There's a yeah. fence now around that stadium that you uh, that you have to stay so far away you're nowhere near it. Yep. Yeah, we got to start trusting our fellow man, you know, at the airport, every place else, honor system, let's go. Come on. You know. Let's let's trust our fellow man. That's that's what I say. Pat, did you happen to catch any of that deep dive into the uh, the chaos and dysfunction that's been going on in Green Bay between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? You know, I didn't bother to read it. I uh, I did not. Uh, I did not have time today to uh, dwell dwell into that. But uh, it was pretty obvious uh, last season, and apparently it's been going on for a while. Huh? You have uh, two stubborn individuals and. I would imagine that uh, Aaron's a happy man, right? That he, he ended up winning the war, wouldn't you say? He won the war, but it sounds like he may have uh, he may not have a lot of allies in the locker room. What's the what's the most what's your favorite coach player feud that you can remember or manager player feuds? Oh, like what's your man. what's your pecking order there? Locally here, who do we have? What have we had? Oh, well, my favorite ever is uh, uh, Bill Blair and Isaiah Ryder. That's uh, that's that's my favorite ever. That was uh, he basically hated them and told everybody he did hate them. Bill Blair. So, so uh, that, that was that one was fun. And I think I think uh, everyone who coached Leitner and Ryder, you know, they hated both of them. Whoever coached them both. So those feuds were pretty good. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Uh, Football wise, I don't know. Did I, I can't remember. Uh, well, Alan Page and uh, and uh, Bud Grant at the end, you know, that was uh, that was fantastic. I mean, they he basically gave him away for a hundred dollars, uh, Bud, because he uh, couldn't stand him anymore, and he wasn't the great player he had been. And I happened to be in uh, Mankato about uh, three years later when uh, uh, Bud was uh, when Alan was walking around with Ed Garvey. He was working with Ed Garvey, who was the head of the union, and. Uh, Bud was just happened to be walking out of Gage Hall when those two guys were walking in, and I got the impression they hadn't seen each other except on the football field where they didn't talk in three years. And it was about a 93-degree day in uh, in Mankato, and you had shivers seeing the two guys when they shook hands with each other. That was a good one, too. So. Best Twins one? Mocking somebody, maybe? Uh, you know, I know I can't think of Mock having a feud with one of his players. He basically would just get rid of him if he uh, if he was having a feud with them. I I, I don't know. Covering the Twins, I'd, I'd have to think about it. You guys, keep, you know, I'm not as sharp as I used to be on this stuff. I can <laughs> I, I could probably think one up, but uh, I can't. I can't think of one at the moment. Uh, that uh, and, you know, Billy Martin, of course, would always have a feud with somebody. Uh, they either loved him or hated him. Well, Martin punching Boswell—that's a pretty good feud, isn't that's not it? Bad. No, that, punch, yes, the manager punching the guy out when they're both drunk at a bar—I'd say that was a good feud. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, we're coming up on the uh, 50th anniversary of that one. 
1969, sometime in August, I believe, at the Lindell AC in beautiful Detroit. I hope I don't forget to get a free column out of that one this year. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, gentlemen, I have a – something just came across here from Dar- – Darren Ravel retweeted something here. So uh, Virginia's Kyle Guy – Said yeah. he and his file this away in the NCAA's ridiculous rule parameters. Said that he and his fiance couldn't have a wedding registry because he was told it was against NCAA rules to have a wedding registry where people get you things. Your oh, thoughts? Really? <laughs> the NCAA- well, my, thoughts, my thoughts are that uh, they should uh, take the NCAA to court have her be able to say, I want free glasses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want my free crystal. The hell with you people. They're, uh, they're nuts, aren't they? They're absolutely nuts. Although the, the head of the NCAA came back and said it's absolutely not true. He said he's got bad information. This one's not true. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds, good. it's so, it's too, it's implausible. Because she yeah. can do Although, it, yeah. You know, if they win the national championship, if somebody like signs them up for a yacht or some damn thing. That might be a little over the top, right? (laughs) Some some rich Cavalier fan buys them a building downtown uh, Charlottesville. I think the wedding registry, it's a great loophole to take advantage of, right? If you're... If you're a freshman, maybe you get engaged, and uh, you know maybe Larry the Booster decides to float a ten thousand dollars. That's a great idea. It's like uh, it's like uh, you know marrying the guys, marrying you know the. The good-looking gal from uh, Afghanistan who marries some butt so she could get citizenship and then dumps him after three days when she gets over here. You know, that's that's kind of the same deal, right? That happened to Judd once, actually. <laughs> what was wrong with it? There was three glorious days. What I don't know what you guys are talking Judd about. All this today he doesn't like to touch anybody, which is interesting. I'm not a hugger. It's National no. Hug Day. I'm not a hugger, Pat. You're not a hugger. I don't hug. Especially when they're naked. Especially when the guy's naked. Huh? No, no, yeah, that's that. I'm really not a hugger. <laughs> my, my favorite Judd moment, I think, in the studio is when Lindsay Whalen came in one time, and Lindsay just like goes right in for the bro hug, and Judd yeah. looked at her like Judd looked at her like it was a flying saucer coming down from the sky. Like, Can I get in trouble? What are you doing? Can I get in trouble for this? <laughs> yeah, easy, Mike Pence. <laughs> Can we just yeah, fist bump? Be, uh, you'll never be reported. You'll never be reported to human services for grabbing somebody's shoulder and kissing them on the head. You got that right. Biden, yeah. You got that right. I'm no Biden. That's true. <laughs> Say, I, uh, I got a. Uh, I, I did a piece at the Star Tribune. They haven't posted it yet, but the uh, uh, hardcore attempt to throw St. Thomas out of the MIAC is taking place right really? now. Really? Uh, they. Uh, April 18th, the president's meet. They're trying to, uh, uh, there's nothing in the bylaws that would permit them to do this, so they're going to try to apparently change uh, some of them who got their helping out of them in football are, are, are threatening to uh, pull out of uh, the league in football and leave these teams with no schedule if they don't throw St. Thomas out, so, which is uh, really uh Kind of interesting because St. Thomas is one of the five consecutive originals who started in 1920. So St. John's is okay, but not St. Thomas. Well, yeah, but see, they don't have anything to use against St. John's. Against St. Thomas, they're going with enrollment, and uh, you know they're twice as big as everybody else. But the next move is to figure out a way to get rid of St. John's if they're it's the same terrible football teams that are trying to get rid of St. Thomas. If St. John's is beating them seventy to nothing, then they'll try to figure something out there. But uh, it's 
it's going to be interesting if it happens. I guess there's a meeting April 18th to see if they want to change the bylaws. And then uh, in late March, they would, I mean, late May, they would have the final meeting. And they need nine. There's 13 teams in the conference, but, you know, only nine of them play football, but all 13 of them get votes. And, uh, and uh, they need nine, I guess, to throw them out. And a lot of people think it's going to happen. So, okay, dumb question. Would they just, would they be an independent team or what would? I don't know what they do. You know, I suppose I, I think they're trying to maybe force them to go to D2, but I don't know if they want to do that, you know. So I, I have no idea what they do. If it, well, I would think there'd be some legal action because there's really nothing in the bylaws to permit this. So I, I don't know. You know, you'd have to be unethical behavior or something to, to throw them out uh, uh, on, the, on the surface. They'd have to change the bylaws, and I, I don't know if there'd be legal action or what they do. But interesting. I tell you, who doesn't want them out? St. John's. They're not going to draw 18,000 people to Collegeville to, to play uh, McAllister again. I'll tell you that. So. Yeah, it seems like almost like the gopher hockey situation where, you know, don't you want a team out or you want a new circumstance, but you might suffer in attendance in some of those spots. Pat. Uh, twins off again today for the ninth time already this season, uh, but they do have an Gardy East Coast wins. swing. Guardy wins again. Yep. Guardy wins again. Yeah. Oh, wait, Guardy beat the Yankees again? No, Kansas City. Oh, uh, no, he beat Kansas City. Oh, Seattle. I got you. Home, home opener. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's really, it's really, saying? it's Twins and Tigers, basically, uh, and everybody else has fallen by the wayside in the division. <laughs> well, by I, the way, Oakland, Oakland kicking the hell out of Boston. Boston's going to come home. Is Boston, is this their home opener today? They're getting beat again. No, I think they're they're, in their, last game on, their last it game is. on this road trip, right? Yes. They're going to be 1-6 oh. after they lose today, I believe. Wow. Well, then they have another series on the road because their first 11 are on the road. So, Ooh. anyway. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, we, it's kind of an intriguing schedule early and that you get Bryce Harper for a, for a Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. On, uh, yeah, it's too bad, isn't it? It's, boy, that'd be a wild day. We're playing them in June or July. That'd be a great trip for Twins fans to make. But, God, you can't do or that. Or if there anymore. was a roof on the yeah. building. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. Whatever. <laughs> Put roofs on every stadium, says Rami. You go for it. Well, that's, uh, you know, that, you know, you can keep talking about it, but it ain't going to happen because it's, there's no room there, so hey, Pat. there's no place to put it unless you're going to head fly a helicopter hey. over and drop it on top. Kudos <laughs> to the Star Tribune today for finding that photographer from the Lakers pass. That was a great piece, I thought. It was good. It was good today, and they gave they gave credit to the proper people. You know, in there, I, I told you yesterday that there was a certain gentleman. Uh, in the building, uh, who's, a, who's a older than me, who was very upset that his name wasn't mentioned in there. Uh, even though he just had a birthday that was a media party orgy of, of uh, publicity, he still wanted one <laughs> sentence about how great he was in that. Uh, his, uh, you know, I, I, he was very upset that, uh, well, we might as well identify Sid, <laughs> just in case. Very were... upset that he didn't get a mention in that piece today. Who wants some obscure photographer to, from Hippie to get any publicity when Sid needs more? Exactly. More. <laughs> oh man! All right, Pat. We will. Uh, we'll catch up tomorrow. See you. Thanks, Pat. Right, bye. Right, bye. Pat with Ricey. Yeah, I guess Sid was very upset he didn't get more attention. Like what? Do you, like you're 99, man. <laughs> exactly. like, what do you, the attention you need. Exactly. Jesus. <laughs>
There's a statue of you outside <laughs> Target Field. Oh, amen. Like, what do you need at this point? I'm telling. Even if I had a statue, I'm still looking for more attention. Yes. I would sit on this. Okay. One. Yeah. Is, is Sid? Is is there just like an adulation fuel gauge where uh, even if you're 99, it's on empty. Yeah. Need someone to write about me. Yes. Like Pat, someone to take a picture with me. His 99th birthday, he had like 18 parties. I know. Little kids don't get as much attention on their birthdays as Sid got. I get it. You need. Are you that? You aren't that. I need adulation and attention. Well, you're you're the greatest. (laughs) Bring your food in next time. By the way, next next time you make a recipe, bring it in. Mackie and I and Jonathan, we all want to try it. I will. It's like when you look at it, we didn't get it. If we don't get to try it, it didn't happen. Exactly. How am no, I supposed did. to give you thumbs up for it, your cooking it, when I haven't tasted it? It definitely did happen, and there's video evidence at scorenorth.com. Oh, Just pull down the Mackie, Mackie and Judd with Rami tab, and you'll see the first Rami's recipe, the barbecue beef bowl. You know, there was an email sent today, so like once every month or two, a department in the, the giant Hubbard building here, everyone from digital to TV to radio, uh, a department takes over the kitchen for a day and plans the menu and helps cook and stuff. And there's a radio day coming up. I they think do. we should nominate Rami to sit down to there, be executive feed chef. the entire building. Yes. I didn't know anything about it. it I think we got an email. Actually, I, I don't know if you guys got the email today, but I'll forward it to you. Okay. okay. Oh, we'll email us oh, the work email. Yeah, the check one, your work email. Okay, the Rami could do it. Yes, that's checked. a great okay. idea. I right. love it. Okay. Nominating like Rami. actually work or just tell people how to do things? Bring a hairnet. <laughs> Bring two for that hair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, live at Day Block from noon to 6, and it's write that down tomorrow. Go ahead. Um, I'll talk to you later.